Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of It's a Fandom Thing. This week, we're going to wrap up our two-parter on true crime, and we're going to be talking about true crime docuseries. But before we get into that, before we have the panel introduce themselves, um, just a couple of housekeeping notes. As always, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to 9.99 a month. Feel free to follow the link in the anchor notes. I mean, the show notes, sorry, or go to our anchor page and click listener support and donate there. And about the time that this is coming out, I am going to be doing a live Facebook thing to let everybody know what Black Lives Matter organizations we're going to be donating that money to. So hopefully we'll have a lot more by then. And then even after October 1st, we're still going to be donating a portion of what we see from that and what we see from the one ad we have to various Black Lives Matter organizations. Okay, so let's go around and have the panel introduce themselves again. It's the same panel back from last week. And tell me one thing that you're into right now. Meg? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Meg, and right now I've actually just started falling back into the Battlestar Galactica dumpster. I can't help it. <laughs> I go back to it all the time. You know, the times are hard right now, so what I really want to do is take some comfort watching a show about the destruction of humanity. And... <laughs> And <laughs> how they have to leave <laughs> their planet that was destroyed. You know, it's it's comforting. It's it's hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound so hopeful. Yeah, it's well, an amazing show if you haven't seen it. It's an amazing character show. I love it. I think I forced Mel to watch it. I don't know if she liked it anymore, <laughs> anymore either, but I love it. <laughs> well, and uh, we're definitely doing that of, BSG episode next year. We have that down already. I'm pretty yes. sure I wrote it in the spreadsheet. I don't even think I let you do it. No, that was that was Firefly that you did yes. that. Oh, that's <laughs> different space show. I'm really cool. I promise. No, but you did say BSG. We should do that one. So, yeah, <laughs> and we are going to be doing that next year. Yes, that's how um, organized and how much I look ahead is that I've got pretty much all of next year's podcast planned out listeners. So yeah, <laughs> it might change, but yeah, I've got a lot of that planned out. <laughs> um, and Melissa. Um, I don't know if music counts, but I just discovered a new band, which is really big for me. You can ask Meg. I only like listen to one band like at say, a time. I, I didn't know that you knew there was music <laughs> outside of it. Um, so I just, I heard, I don't even know how I heard the song. I, I think I was like randomly the one time I had the radio on or something. And I listened to this song called death by rock and roll by the pretty reckless. And then, so I started listening to them and they're really awesome. Actually something sort like that. I, it's sort of like a type of music that I just recently got into, um, so that's what I'm currently dialing into now. I'm trying to like learn all their their whole discography. So that's what I'm currently doing right now. Awesome. Yeah, and and music is always welcome. I love music so so much. That's really my first love. So anytime it just doesn't get 
uh, mentioned that much. So, but thank you for bringing it up. So, yeah, yeah, no awesome. Okay, and then Sasha. So I, um, HBO Max, I'm debating, but I got uh, to see Lovecraft Country, the very first episode. And so now I want to see the rest of it, but I don't know that I want to jump on the HBO Max bandwagon. And I know Aaron's going to tell me do it because it's so great. Um, but it's like, now I'm paying for everything a la carte and I dumped cable for that very reason. Like, I got HBO Max through Hulu. Like, I got HBO Max through Hulu. See, I don't have Hulu. I've got Netflix and Prime. And then I did the CBS All Access because of Discovery and Picard. But I'm telling, Lovecraft Country bit me, so I might have to do, because they did that here, we'll give you the first episode for free, like a Drug, like a drug dealer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm debating that just because the first episode of that was so good. So I'm hoping that the rest of it is phenomenal um, and that I'm not geeking out about one episode that then turns into a terrible nightmare train wreck show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I need to catch up, but um, you're not so far. It's So far, it's really good. I'm not completely caught up, though, because I hear that the last episode did upset some people, So, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, but so far, it's good. But yes, you need to get HBO Max. OK, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I knew you said that I was going to say that. I'm going to say it. You you like horror movies. You should see the collection of horror movies on HBO Max. All right. And also, John Oliver. I'm sorry. Yes. And John Oliver. Yes. <sighs> that too. And, and the true crime documentaries on there. So One we're mentioning on here. Many. Yeah. yeah. All right. And, all right. Yeah. I'll cave. <laughs> Aaron's going for that sponsorship money. (laughs) Come on, HBO Max. They have trouble getting subscribers. (laughs) Or Shudder. How about Shudder? I mention Shudder all the time. Shudder, I'll sponsor you. (laughs) Is Shudder worth it? Yes, Shudder is cheap, too. Shudder is cheaper than the rest. And if you're a horror fan, I don't see how you cannot have Shudder. So, okay, I, I really am not advertising for them everybody <laughs> i you will sure? if you want me to <laughs> okay and Susie, what are you into yeah we're not getting paid yet exactly <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge <laughs> um so something that i've been um enjoying listening to while because i'm doing like a whole marie condo of my living space so something that i like to put on show sometimes in the background while i'm doing stuff so something that I really like listening to lately has been the YouTube channel BuzzFeed Unsolved, especially their true crime series, since it fits in so well to this. Um, it's two dudes. One, uh, the best way I can describe them is like a Sam and Dean <laughs> in height, especially because one of them is like way taller than the other. Um and they just, like, they, they talk about true crime and stuff, like the Black Dahlia case, the Somerset Man, and such things. Um, yeah, they have a show but, on Hulu, too. Yeah. And they're the same people who, they're and these same guys are the ones that made Puppet History. So, so I'm like, hey, Shane. Hey, Ryan. Love you guys. That show's <laughs> really fun. Yeah, but they're, 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 it's lots of fun. I, like, highly recommend it. It's and their banter is always like really good too. 
Well, I'll have to check that out too. Um, and what I'm into, I'm really only into one part of this. I mean, the other parts, some of them are, are good, but one we skipped over when we watched it. But on speaking of HBO Max, <laughs> um, this uh, special, this TV special that came out called Coast, Coastal Elites. And it's basically a lot of shorts, short monologues um, of people talking about in character of actors playing characters in this weird, strange time that we're living in. Um, it has Bette Midler, which I skipped over her segment because um, <laughs> it was driving me nuts. Caitlin Deaver, um, Sarah Paulson, Issa Rae. And the one I want to point out the most is um, Dan Levy. His his monologues, the second one, it's after Bette Midler, was so, so good. Um, just made me cry, made me laugh. He's just, he's becoming a treasure, a national treasure. Um, if you love Schitt's Creek, you've got to watch just at least his monologue because it's just so beautiful. And he's just such a beautiful human being anyway. So that's what I'm into is Dan Levy. So, <laughs> and I'm also rewatching Schitt's Creek right now too. So I'm really, really into him. I, I love him so much. Um, okay. Well, let's turn to something that's really happy and talk about <laughs> true crime docuseries. Um, and there's quite a few that I have listed. There are so many of these. Um, we might, if we have time, get into others that aren't on this list or if anyone wants to shout out ones. But I wanted to start first with what I think is one of the most well-known um, true crime docuseries. I think it kind of paved the way for these in a lot of ways. And that's the Paradise, Paradise Lost series, which is um, about the West Memphis Three which if you don't know what that was, um, it's it, it. Well, the docu series documents the events following the arrests of um, the Skelly, Eccles and Baldwin for the murders of Christopher Byers, Michael Moore and Stevie Branch, um, whose naked um, and hogtied bodies were discovered in, in a ditch in a wooded area of West Memphis, Arkansas, known as Robin Hood Hills. And um, they were later they have they are out of prison. Um, they had to say they were guilty in order to get out. They had to, you know, go on the record for that. That was the only way they would get out. But the Paradise Lost is a three parter that follows the guys that were arrested um, and follows, you know, dives into how mishandled the case was um dives into other areas of who might have killed these three boys young innocent boys um it also is a lot about the satanic panic that happened a lot um in the late 80s early 90s um because the three boys that were arrested were different um some of them dressed in black some had black nail polish listened to like hard rock heavy metal death metal that kind of stuff so it's also about that um it's also about poverty um i have my issues with it which i'll get into um but i just want to go around and see if everyone has watched it what their general thoughts are on the paradise lost series uh, meg uh yeah it's been a while since i watched it but i just i watched all three of them like bing bang boom right one after the other because the series is actually incredibly compelling um it's so heartbreaking because especially as like a parent this is a night this is a nightmare 
as a parent on either and honestly on either side. <laughs> um, but I it's it's devastating to see how mishandled the case was. It's heartbreaking for these little boys and their families to not actually have justice served. And it was and it showed just how people just wanted they just wanted it to be done. Like they didn't really care who took the blame. They just needed to blame somebody. Um, and these three teenagers were easy scapegoats to kind of lay it all on. And it was an incredibly emotional series. And this is actually kind of the, I feel horrible saying this, but kind of the docuseries that I watch the most um, are ones where if, where you're not actually sure what happened and it kind of opens it up to have those deep dives to do your own research and stuff like that. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on a lot of the details of the actual case. Cause like I said, it's been a long time since I watched them, but I just remember being completely gutted thinking about, cause this is how I view everything now is through the lens of my own children. And thinking about my children either being one of those little boys or my children being one of those teenage boys who were scapegoated for horrific, horrific murders and spent how many years in prison. Like, it's, and justice still actually hasn't been served in this case, as far as I recall. So it just, it broke my heart on many levels. Yeah, I don't believe it has. I mean, I believe there was other – there's been one person that it pretty much seems like it probably was. Yeah. Um, and it was, of course, one of the family members, um, which it usually is in cases mm-hmm. like this, sadly. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's – it's yeah, it's, it's a very painful, painful one. Um, and your thoughts on it, Melissa? I've actually never seen it, so it kind of sounds like maybe I shouldn't watch it because it could get a little heavy, but I don't know. It It is very heavy. It's three different films. Um, some are better than the others. Um, I have issues with it, which I'm going to get into after Sasha and Susie. Um, which is an issue that I have with a lot of these, which we're going to talk about later on too. Um, but it's, but it's a very, you know, it's a case that you had people like Johnny Depp and all these huge celebrities, um, trying to get these guys out of prison for decades. And a lot of it was politics was involved too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just very, very messed up. It really is a real deep dive into how messed up our justice system can be, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but I, I actually do recommend it though. Um, mm. If you have, I, it should still probably be on HBO since it was an HBO produced one, I believe. Yeah. It's HBO distributed it. So it might be on HBO max. I'm not sure. Um, but you can probably find it other places. It really is. I think the one that really paved the way for all these other docu series, I believe. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would look into that. Um, okay. Well, um, Sasha, what are your thoughts on Paradise Lost? 
So I also did not watch it. I read the books. So there's there's the original book about the West Memphis Three, and then I read um, Damien Eccles' uh, book, Life, Life After Death, I think is what it was called. Um, so I read that book. Um, and I think part of it was that the series came out in the like mid nineties, right? It's a mid nineties movies. Yeah. That's, yeah. The first that's, one that's was in 93. That's yeah. when it started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the case was 93, right? Oh, yeah. So I was still, I didn't start doing like documentary crime. Again, I go back to books. I didn't start doing any of the podcast or documentary movie stuff until much, much later. Um, because I was much more of a bookworm. So I read the book about the West Memphis Three, and then, like I said, I read uh, Eccles' book after he got out and that life after death, which was pretty powerful. But it is, uh, the story is a, like you said, Aaron, our justice system is, um, it's got some flaws. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but based on this conversation now, I'm going to have to go back and watch those um movies yeah i'm surprised you haven't watched them yet yeah definitely you should you should definitely watch them i think yeah i think Susie, have you watched them so like um like Melissa and sasha i have not watched uh this docuseries although i think i have watched like some i know i know of the case but i haven't seen the um the documentaries themselves. I think it was like on Forty Eight Hours or something, or like a rerun. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah, it was on Forty Eight Hours. Right. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a pretty famous yeah. um, case. Yeah, like I do remember seeing it um, somewhere and knowing about it. I just like it. It is really like just like upsetting to like hear what's being like what was done to those poor kids and just like the how our justice system is very flawed extremely and there's there's like even there's like cases all over where like you can see like it's fairly like in like the Central Park case too where there's always like that was like kids are just used as scapegoats and then their whole entire lives are ruined and it's just it's heartbreaking yeah it is for for many many reasons you know yeah it's, it's very heartbreaking um i've actually watched this series more than once i'll be honest um it's kind of like uh, with the um the documentary going clear about scientology um, I, I've watched that documentary, I think, like three times because um, there are certain things that fascinate me more than others. And I have I have some issues with this series. Um, I think it's horrible what happened to the West Memphis Three, especially certain ones more than others, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I uh, what bothers me about this document docuseries and what bothers me a lot of about some of these docu-series like Making Murder, which we're going to talk about, um, is what seems to get lost a lot, and I think they try to bring it around to this in the second one a little bit, is the victims. 
these boys. I'm talking about the boys that were murdered. I'm not talking about the the guys th- that you know got sentenced. I I find that a lot of times that gets overshadowed. Um, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be fighting for justice for them. I don't believe they killed him. I do think Damien Eccles is very disturbing to me. I have my I own know. issues with him. He really, really disturbs me. Um, the other two don't, but he does. He just does. I don't think he murdered these boys, but I he just disturbs me. Um, I'll be frank. There's something about him that doesn't seem right to me. Um, but that's just me. Um, and No, I think it's not just people- you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the bottom, like the thing that's frustrating is the bottom line is we have a justice system that's based on reasonable doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And innocent until proven guilty. And what, what the frustration with a lot of, with this one and a lot of other, um, like, honestly, if you have a docu-series, if you have a true crime thing about the crime that you were involved in, it's already a pretty big deal. Um, and people are paying attention, but to look at how often we see manipulation of evidence or just complete miscarriage of justice and the people and juries forgetting that reasonable doubt is a thing. Like if you can reasonably doubt if there's enough evidence to say this person may not have done it, then regardless of what your personal feelings are, you have to kind of follow that and it's infuriating in some cases, but the right thing to do as far as our justice system goes, but I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you with that, but that's okay. No, it's, it's true. It's true. And I mean, that's why he wouldn't, you know, logically convict these three. Um, but, but it has always bothered me that to me, it seemed in these, in these documentaries, the victims got lost in the shuffle and that's a real crime in and of itself. Um, and I know they tried to highlight it with trying to highlight other suspects and then clearing other suspects. And, and I know they were trying to do that, but to me, it just always seemed like that wasn't as important. And what happened to these boys, it's so, so horrible what happened to these boys. I mean, they were brutally, 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 brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. And, that shouldn't be forgotten here. And that's why, I mean, they still haven't gotten justice. So that's what sometimes bothers me when I watch these is I'm like, well, what about the, I mean, yes, the, the, I'm not saying that the three that were arrested weren't victims, but I'm talking about the, the original victims. It seems like sometimes that kind of gets overshadowed and people worry. I don't know. That's just, do you think it's, do you think it's for like a comfort measure for people who are watching? Like, I, I, I mean, as when I was watching it, honestly, hearing about what happened to these three little boys um, was horrifying and devastating. Um, regardless, like, not even just as a parent, but as a human being to hear what these little boys endured. Um, and some, but somehow it was, <laughs> I feel like sometimes... And rightfully or wrongfully, I feel like a lot of times docuseries try to like, oh, so here's the crime and this is what happens and don't want to kind of glorify, I guess, what happens. And the, like it's their way of being respectful to to the victims to not go into detail about what happened to them or anything like that. And in trying to do that, the overshadow the person like we don't see these little boys as 
human beings and in a lot of with other docu series you don't necessarily see the person as a human being they're a statistic that's part of this greater story of a serial killer or like we all know who ted bundy is but can we name his victims and i think part of that i feel like is like well no one wants to hear the gory details of the murder and then within doing that we kind of forget about the victims and talk more about the psychology of the person who killed them and that kind of morbid fascination that people have and no one wants to hear about no one wants to think about what happened to victims happening to actual people you know what i mean which isn't fair (laughs) but no that makes no, I can see that. And I know with like um, Ted Bundy, it's just interesting that you mentioned that because I'm going to kind of there was a docu-series. And then, of course, there was um, that movie um, with, um, exactly. with Zac Efron. And he was really, actually really, really good at playing Ted Bundy. Um, but when that came out and when the Ted Bundy tapes came out, when that docu-series came out, there were a ton of people that were posting on Twitter and all they were posting were the names of the victims and saying, let's stop talking about him because that's, that's the interesting phenomenon here with serial killers and with any kind of criminal. I mean, you have women marry these guys, you know, you have people marrying them. You have people who like worship them. The same thing with Ted Bundy still to this day, there are women that worship him. Um, Same thing with Charles Manson. I knew people in high school that worshiped Charles Manson. Um, you know, you just you have and that's and that's why people that's why, you know, kind of on a tangent here, but that's why for me with serial killers, I know the death penalty is a big, big topic and usually I'm against it, but I think serial killers, as long as we know for sure they did it, should be killed right away. I I know that's probably I know that's not the justice system, that's not the you know, but I don't know. It's just to me it's like they can do a lot of harm still when they're alive. Um, but anyway, that's that's a little off topic, kind of. Um, but I, but that's a good point, Meg, because I didn't think of it that way. To me, it just seemed like, I don't know, people cared, didn't care as it came off as not caring as much about the young victims here, which I know that they don't. But that sometimes it can come off like that in these series. Like, yeah. what about the victims? Um, but like I said, I watched this more than once. Um, so it's not like I'm you know, not well, watching this, it. But this, but. this is actually a, a kind of a historic problem with true crime. And I think that's something that we'll probably talk about a little bit later, more in depth. Um, but kind of the issue of true crime has always been the sensationalization and, and glorification of the murderers and forgetting that these are actual people who were murdered with actual families, many of whom are still alive Many of these docuseries that we talk about don't have closure, don't have someone caught. Um, and these people, these victims, families, even like Ted Buddy's been dead for a really long time. He's still glamorized. I mean, like I, we still see um, Zach Efron freaking played, <laughs> played him. Um, but Ted Bundy's victims are still alive and they're seeing the person who murdered their loved one being not venerated, but thrust into the spotlight 
again and again and again. And I feel like there's, it's really hard. And I, I feel hypocritical as shit talking about like saying this, cause I consume this media too. I am part of the audience that they're catering to, but I, I could not imagine seeing someone who murdered my sister just splashed all over the media as this fascinating character like and seen as a character rather than a flesh and blood human i think something that we also need to like that something that very much needs to be addressed about like the um the veneration of these killers is that there are and i'm going to be very honest there are twisted sections of the internet where young girls are actively lusting and thirsting yes. after these men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they and like and this this came to um I saw this a lot uh, like in the in the areas of the internet that I frequent like like Tumblr and and like mainly Tumblr and Reddit where like during the time that the Bundy tapes came out and everything, people, uh, girls were like, "Oh my God, he is like so cute!" Like, oh, I can't believe, like, "Oh my God!" Like, oh. and, and that's that's so fascinating thing. too. And there's like a whole section of the internet where girls are lusting after the Columbine killers, and it's like, do mm-hmm, you not? Yep. Mm-hmm. I would, I would very much like there to be a study. I don't know if someone has done one or or something. But I would like to see, like, what what in their brain is turning on that switch that says, I like this. Like, this is someone that I would possibly want to shack up with. It's so interesting because that's gone back, like, hundreds of, like, it's not even just, like, the internet thing. This has gone back hundreds for centuries uh, of the same kind of phenomenon. And I'm pretty sure there has been studies done. I'm going to stop talking for three seconds. Um, and look to see if I can find one real quick. But it's it's really fascinating in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, Susie, I'm I'm wrapping up my dissertation now. So when I finish this one, I'll go ahead and do another one for you. <gasps> and, and I'll do that research for you. <laughs> I will pay you so in fun. baked goods. I will pay you in baked goods and crafty things. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like it, like how you said that it's been happening like throughout time. But the thing is, is that due to the age of mass communication that we live in, these communities, these like communities, these these people can are now able to more easily like create these communities and just like uh, simp over these men, as the youth say. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's and you know. Um, the Chris Watts, since some of us are in Colorado, the Chris Watts case. Um, oh, man. Uh, they're making it. There's a Netflix documentary coming out, a docuseries. But it was actually made um, in cooperation with the, with Shanann Watts's family. So that's a little bit different because a lot of people are very were very upset about that until they found that out. But um if you search there are groups that say that chris watts didn't do this there are groups that say that she basically drove him to it there are people that you know uh, uh, feel some kind of empathy for this man who brutally murdered his wife and children and unborn child 
I mean, it's it's it is very interesting. And yeah, I'd love to read a study about it, too, because, you know, what's interesting about it is we're fascinated with true crime, all of us on here. But I'm assuming none of us on here like like serial killers in that way. Like We don't want to just we don't lust after them or something. So um, but it, but it's an interesting kind of uh, dichotomy there of. Well, we're fascinated with them, but, you know, is, is that also harmful, us being fascinated with them? And I want to say really quickly about the Zac Efron movie. Um, I want to just talk about that really quickly because what that movie is about is kind of what we're kind of talking about mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if everybody saw it, but um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a lot from the point of view of his girlfriend at the time um, who, you know, was taken in by him and didn't realize what a a horrible human being he was um you know she had him around her kids and all this stuff and so it's really a lot about um not so much stockholm syndrome although you could maybe say that but it's a lot about uh, about that about refusing to see who he was for years for years all this stuff would happen mm-hmm. and she'd refuse to see it so i want to just say that about that i think the marketing for the movie wasn't the greatest because it's really more about her and not as much about him um although the whole case with him is just insane but um but yeah yeah, I just I just want to say that. Well, so Psychology Today in 2012, um, they have some articles about research done about why women fall in love with serial killers. So there are studies out there in research. It's called hybristophilia, um, which is a paraphilia in which arousal and all that fun stuff is contingent upon being with a partner to, known to have committed an outrage, cheating, lying, known infidelities or crime such as rape or murder it's also commonly known in pop culture as the bonnie and clyde syndrome so there are there are studies out there if you kind of want to look at to read them i don't think ted bundy's girlfriend falls under that i think that's more kind of obtuseness um but the chick who married him while he was on trial for murder like literally on the stand yeah i think she counts (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and yeah. all the people that that have that have married them, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's get into. Um, I think Netflix um, has become kind of a hub of a lot of true crime docu series lately, and I would say one of the ones they started out with was Making a Murderer, which is another one of these where you're following um, two people <sighs> who were. Um, <laughs> I just heard a lot of sorry. Sorry. Mouse has thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about this one. Uh, But yeah, but yeah, um, we'll talk about that. So Meg, what are your thoughts on making a murderer? I have a very kind of, I think, different view on making a murderer than everyone else here because I live in Wisconsin. Um, I live about two hours from Manitowoc. I've been there a lot. I've heard about Tracy Hallbeck's murder since it happened. It's been, it was always pretty big news. Um, and I actually, I know I have family and, 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 and people that I am close-ish with who live up in Manitowoc. And it's really interesting to kind of hear from them, their thoughts on it. Because if you go to Manitowoc County, everyone there believes he's guilty. Like, it's, there are very, like, his family, the Avery family, they 
they think he's innocent, but it's like pretty much everyone else. Brennan Dassey is a completely different um, situation that I think everyone, and this is obviously speculation more than like speaking for an entire town. Um, but he was always kind of known as to be dim. Um, and this is another kind of case where as far, I, I honestly don't have one big opinion or another about whether or not Stephen Avery had anything to do with Tracy Halbeck's murder. I think of the two of them, I would believe he is capable of it more. Um, but I also know, I've also heard many stories about, uh, the Manitowoc police department and, uh, their brand of their kind of good old boy system that they got going on there. So it was really interesting. It was really interesting to watch making a murderer knowing kind of, or having this is the background of watching it is remembering when all of this happened. And it was, it was big news, even though it was two some hours away. Um, but it's been really It's been an experience, I guess. Um, I still know that people are still petitioning for Brendan Dassey to get pardoned by Governor Evers. Um, but I think it's it was a really good show. It was really interesting. I, I, I have a hard time kind of articulating my thoughts on it because I have so many different views kind of that are informed by where I live and the surroundings that kind of go with it. Um, I'd have to watch it. I watched the second season of it and it was kind of like, it didn't feel like it was so much about proving any innocence or, you know, finding, finding justice as it was about this show was super duper successful for the first season. Mm -hmm. So let's, try and cram another one in there because there really has not been that much that's happened in the case as far as reality goes like they go and they do their appeal their appeal gets denied they do their break like it's and so the second season felt really exploitative even more um but yeah so that's I, yeah I thought I'd have so much more to say about it but it's so much of it is just like I I lived with this for years before the show ever came out. Yeah, I do think that that's a good point. Cause I do think that makes a difference. Like I know here, anything having to do with Columbine, um, the Aurora theater shooting, mm-hmm. um, anything having to do with that. And now with this Chris Watts thing, anything like that, it feels a lot more personal. And so in a way, so it's kind of harder to deal with because you carry your own personal thing. I mean, I just, I live like five, 10 minute drive from Columbine High School. And I know the first time I ever drove by Columbine High School, which is so weird because even when I was here during that time, I had never didn't know where it was because I wasn't as familiar with the area. And first time I drove by there, it was this weird feeling. It was very much like, wow, so that's where that, that happened. And then for a while, I lived literally like basically across the street from there so it's this very weird feeling it feels especially voyeuristic I think yes Mm -hmm. when it's kind of in your backyard yeah and where like characters or whatever um I I couldn't imagine living in Manitowoc when this when this show came up because characters on this show are people that you see every day 
you know, like, and if I don't, if I don't see anyone on the show that I know personally, I quote unquote know those people because so it's, it's hard to articulate kind of how I feel about making a murderer for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's the same thing that happens with like, say the Amityville horror series. And I bring that up because there was, there was a real crime that took place there. And then to me, that whole thing is a sham. It's something that the Warrens helped come up. It's something that attorneys helped come up with. It's all this. It's it's such a sham. And so that's why when they made those movies, they would not allow them to film there and film in that house. They had to use a house in New Jersey. I believe it was in New Jersey. And so it's so, yeah, so it's this thing of like when it's more personal in your backyard, you know, it's easier to look at stuff that happens somewhere else and be okay. Okay with watching it than others. Yes, that makes sense. But Melissa, you sound like you have a lot to say about this, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Sorry for, about the sign. I thought my microphone no, it was, was funny. Off, so it was great. Um, it was great. There, this is just it's a lot for me because I don't know. I feel like I always am the person who wants to have like a resolution and who wants to know like this is what happened and this is who did it and like it's for sure. So this one is like, it like really gets me because I don't know. I really think for sure Dassey, in my opinion, is innocent. I feel like from what I've seen of the videos, like that they've shown, like it seems to me that he was coerced into saying everything that he said. Um, So for sure, like I feel like my personal opinion is that he's innocent, but then again, I don't know. I think I think this is one of those cases that we're not going to ever know for sure what the truth is. Because even serial killers or killers who have previously been like, no, for sure I didn't do it, they, and then they've been proven to have done it. It's so it's like you can't really ever know based on what people are saying. Um, as far as the documentary goes, I really feel like it. It kind of did become more about like the controversy of Avery and like proving his innocence, and it sort of became like a him versus everybody else thing. And I'm sort of on the fence of it could go either way. He could be guilty or innocent. But it did kind of move away more from the actual victim of the crime. Then yeah, you don't hear near enough about Tracy Hallback in yeah. the murder. And I also kind of think it was one of those things where to me, at least, they picked somebody who they thought they could pin it on and went that direction. So I, I feel like maybe all avenues weren't explored as much as they could have been, which kind of makes me think that maybe he could be innocent. But like I said, I think it's one of those cases that we're never going to know what the truth is because it's become so much more, I don't know, like a soap opera I guess like it's it's become more than just about getting the truth it's become like now it's become about Avery as opposed to who actually killed this person yeah it's like a reality series yeah reality show you know and it's not about yeah yeah I agree that's why 
didn't finish the second one. Um, Sasha, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I didn't finish the first one because it made me so Grumpy Bear Gur-faced. I just, I couldn't. It was the dumbest train wreck I think I've ever watched. I could not stay with it. For the simple fact that it became all about him versus the world. And everything else got lost. And just the sheer amount of police botchery. Like, I I couldn't. I couldn't anymore. I'm like, this cannot actually be what legit happened. There's no way that this level of ineptitude happened across the board. Like, somebody has to be making up something. I see Meg's face, who's like, I beg to differ, <laughs> and I have proof. But you know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, you have to go, why is nobody stepping in and being like, hey, morons? Like, you can't even write TV this bad. And I've seen some pretty bad procedural cop shows. I mean, Manitowoc has, like, less than 35,000 people in in the town. So it's it's a real small town. Everybody knows everybody's business. Everyone knows everyone's shit. That's kind of what was so insane about this whole thing. When you're in a town that small, people know stuff. Which is, how do you let people continue with the level of ineptitude? I don't, I couldn't even finish the first. I, w- I had a friend who was texting me like, have you seen this? And I'd watch and then I'd text her and be like, I'm done. I can't. The lawyer, I can't, I can't even remember anymore. the law. I can't remember the prosecutor's name, but he really is a giant piece of shit. Like, that was not exaggerated. Like, he's been in, he's been like small before making a murderer came out. There was all like, I remember hearing about his like sexting and stuff like that before any of this like happened. Cause it was so gross that two hours away in the capital of the state, we heard about this DA and his weird text shit so i i was not surprised at all about that Mm -hmm. to be honest um but yeah it just it it yeah man talks just just a tiny little touch and it just it felt it felt very reality like it just felt forced it felt it was just bad so i didn't even finish the first I don't think I finished the first season. I think I left like one or two episodes at the end. I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this train wreck anymore. I no longer, unfortunately, I no longer care because it, nothing is going to get accomplished and you're going the wrong direction with everything you're taking it. Your narrative doesn't fit anymore. And it was like, I just, this poor woman, like what happened? And everything became so far from that. that I was like, okay, and I'm done. Yeah, I also think that um, with documentaries too there's a whole like the director or whoever like chooses the narrative they want and they leave out a lot of stuff because when the docuseries came out there was a whole bunch of articles about like this is what they missed this is information that they didn't put in they left out this whole whole chunk so I think that's a lot of the problems with some of these docuseries is that they don't actually really go in depth of all of the the known facts they choose the ones that fit what they want to portray yeah that's very very true that's true of, of 
I think any, yeah, any documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they choose a voice and a path and yeah. Yeah. Which is not what I want. I want Mm -hmm. like, just, just the facts, ma'am. Just give me the facts. Yeah. Let me All right, Joe Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Just give me all the information, you know, and I don't care. I mean, just give it to me. You can give it to me backwards, sideways, like give it to me out of order. Just give me something that is fact based without all this hype around it. Yeah. That's the hardest part for me with that one. That one especially was really bad. I mean, there's another one that we're going to, I think we're going to talk about that is all hype and I am all on that one, but it's because of the content. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And Susie, did you watch Making a Murderer? I have um, perused this series and the level of buffoonery and shenaniganizing is just, dear God. Like, the uh, everything gets so muddled and I very much agree with Melissa and Sasha. It all becomes very like a Steven versus the world and it may just be my feelings as a as a person of color, but it's like, oh, this poor white man. Oh my god. He needs some more Kleenex. Is that, is that, well, uh, wouldn't it be such the most entitled uh, white dude thing to get off on rape charges win a huge settlement and then go kill someone like it just feels like a white guy be like yeah i can do this sorry <laughs> every frat boy ever god <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry if there's any like really like decent frat boys out there but it's just, you i don't think it. they were going to be listening to this to be yeah, no. <laughs> but You're i like, could be wrong I don't know. but yeah no no but it's just like oh my god like how do you like this the injustice that has been done to this poor woman like listen can we get like a remake or something where everything is just done right like the level of of foolishness in this police i don't know precinct district of office it's very akin to the level of ineptitude during the witch trials where the one doctor in town couldn't even read he could write but he couldn't read like how do you, oh my god it's it's just like guys how do you oh my god did, you, did y'all just have blindfolds on this whole time is that what we're is that what we're doing like, i don't oh gosh no my brain breaks when i think about it and I'm sorry, I have to I have to correct myself. I keep saying Tracy Hallback. Her name was Teresa Hallback and, and she deserves to have to have that fixed. Um, I don't know why Tracy got in my brain, but her name was Teresa Hallback. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a um I agree pretty much with what everybody has said. Um I think my personal opinion is Brendan is innocent. Steve Avery, on the other hand, I, I don't know. Um, and especially when you hear all the stuff they left out of it, um, you know, it's just he if he didn't do that, he's done something, in my opinion. I mean, there's something that guy has done or is going to do or I don't know. Um, and th- that was what was so interesting about that one is. You didn't at least for me, you didn't ever feel like you were like, except for Brendan, you didn't feel like you were really rooting for them to 
get out of jail or rooting for a new trial or rooting for anything like that. You, you want justice. You want, you want her murderer to be found, but it's still, I don't know. It was one of those where I was kind of like, you're, I'm kind of iffy on you. Uh, I, I think what happened to Brendan though, uh, when you watch those interrogation tapes is pretty horrific and mm-hmm. really, um, you see a lot of that actually in, in interrogations, um, kind of classic there, um, where basically just breaking them down until somebody confesses, even if they didn't do it, basically because they just want to get, he just wanted to go home and he was told he was going to go home if he confessed. And, and that that poor boy, honestly, was not smart. He He mm-hmm. does not have the intellectual capacity to really understand what he was doing and just as a fun note um i haven't been downtown um in madison since the pandemic hit but up until then there were protesters for stephen avery and mainly brendan dassey um every every week at least there's there are people down there who are campaigning for uh evers to give Avery a new trial and commute Brendan Dassey's uh, sentence entirely. So there are people in, like, I don't even know if they're in Wisconsin, from Wisconsin here, or if they come in from out of state, but there, it's still something that's really kind of on people's minds locally. And it's been very interesting to kind of, to kind of see like I see it on Twitter all the time every time the governor posts every time Governor Ever posts on Twitter there are like a brigade of people telling him to pardon uh, Brendan Dassey hmm. so I, I do feel for him like he mm-hmm. he was not bright I honestly don't think he really had anything to do with anything I think it's interesting that one of the biggest defenses of for Stephen Avery, though, is that he was just too dumb to commit this crime. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's not wrong. But <laughs> yeah, and the second one was just kind of uh, like you said, like a, a cash grab is really what it was. It was the money grab. It was like, okay, this is getting us a lot of attention. We're gonna just keep going instead of really wanting to find justice, you know, because even if I may have some issues with Paradise Lost, they wanted to find justice. That's what that whole docuseries was about. And this one wasn't. So it's more of a cash grab. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And I actually think um, with Making a Murderer, I I think Making a Murderer was like, I think the filmmakers were inspired in a way by Serial in a weird way. Um, yeah. And so they kind of just were like, we're going to hop on that train and make this. So, and I think that that happens a lot actually with some of these docuseries, um, is they just kind of want to hop on a train, but we're going to take a quick break though. And when we come back, I want to talk about two docuseries that focus a lot more on trying to find the killer instead of just on people who were wrongfully convicted. Like it doesn't really have much of that in there, but more finding the killer and also focusing on people who are really so fascinated with true crime that they help solve true crime. So we'll be back in just a second. Okay, and we're back. So I want to focus on two docuseries right now. We're going to start with one um, that came out a little over a year ago, I believe it was, and it's a Netflix one. And it's Don't F with Cats. 
uh, Hunting an Internet Killer. And this is one of the most disturbing docu-series I have ever watched. I will start out with that. Um, this is one where I couldn't watch more than an episode a night. I just couldn't. Um, anything that has to do with animal cruelty is hard anyway, but also the other stuff that happened in this. But this is a very interesting one that I want to highlight because really – this is about a, a, a true crime documentary series that follows people that are fascinated with true crime. And these people were just regular citizens who were doing their own investigation into this case because what had happened is this person had released this um, YouTube snuff video um, killing a cat. And there's this whole saying that you don't F with cats out there. And so people were trying to find out who did this and it led to all this other stuff and that he actually also murdered, brutally murdered somebody. Um, and all of this stuff, he kept saying he was going to up the ante and he was filming these. And it's it's all about hunting this killer. And so I want to talk about this one first and then we'll get into another one that was uh, more recent that really came out recently. Um, Meg, what are your thoughts on this one? Did you watch this one and do you have any thoughts on it? That docuseries messed me up like I did watch it it was horrifying I I never actually I don't even know if they showed the the video of when he was like vacuum sealing those kittens or anything like that I don't know if they showed it because I was like uh-uh I noped out <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I like I watched I watched the series but I would like go to the other room um when they were kind of showing that or I would just kind of look down at my phone and listen to what they were talking about uh, the voiceover for it because so I have no idea if they actually showed that but it was one of the most insane docuseries I've ever seen um, and a big part of that actually was these like um, armchair sleuths doing all of this um, research like this Facebook group going nuts like looking for him and I thought what an interesting kind of topic to kind of, to show that and what a dangerous precedent to kind of start with people just kind of doing their own research because in this case it was helpful in that they they caught the the killer I can't remember his name or anything like that but they caught this murderer and and these people really kind of integral to that happening but for all of that there's going to be people who are just going to completely muddy the waters of actual murder investigations by doing by helping it's like the the anonymous tip line kind of thing but that was honestly that was one of the most more horrifying um docuseries I've watched and I did find it very interesting that it seemed like these people were really way, way more upset with the fact that he killed these kittens than when he, like, killed a human being live with an ice, like, with an ice pick and then cut them up. And that was one of the, and that kind of, that disturbed me almost as much as the actual crimes was that these people were, and, and not to denigrate cats or anything like that, but but the murder of a person was almost kind of secondary to them in their motivations, I guess. I mean, you look at the title, <laughs> you look at the title of the docu series, and that kind of shows mm -hmm. that. So, 
but yeah. 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 Well, and, and that, that, that is a thing. I mean, I will say for me, I, in film, I can't handle seeing animals hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a hard time seeing kids hurt too. I think there's that innocence factor there, but it is true that people will tend to get more upset. Um, and it, you know, I mean, you'll hear people say that on the, um, the internet, you know, that the only way we can maybe, maybe get something to be done is if some, if, you know, this, if so-and-so kills an animal, you know, and, and it is true. It is true. And I mean, I will say I love dogs more than most people, but at the same time, we should be upset about the murder of, in this case, um, Jun Lin, and hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And he was a Chinese international student. Um, and he was brutally, brutally murdered by Luca Magnata is the killer's Thank name. Um, but yeah, yeah. And he was a very disturbing individual anyway. I mean, he did just a lot of horrible, horrible, awful things. Um, but yeah, I, I do see that, that it is true. You know, like for me, it was really hard to watch this one because of the things they would show and it was hard. Any of the things they would start to show, I would be like, okay. And I watch horror movies constantly, but I was like, okay, I, I don't know if I can watch this. Cause it was real. Um, you know, it was a real murder, really murdering this person. It wasn't a fake thing. So it was that, yeah, it was very, very painful. That's why, like I said, I could only watch one episode at a time. Couldn't binge it. Um, Melissa, have you seen this one? Uh, no, I have not. It sounds like I'm never going to watch it. Uh, I can't. I admittedly am one of those people who probably would. Not that I don't care about human life being taken. But I am a huge cat person. um, And I can never even in movies like have anything to do. Like there's actually a website doesthedogdie.com and I check it quite often and it'll tell you if there's any animals die and I will like literally stop watching a movie if I in the middle of watching a movie and there's like an animal I'm like okay gotta check and make sure this animal doesn't die so um I heard that a lot of um not so great things happen to cats in this uh documentary so I chose not to watch it um and uh, with what Meg was saying, I'm probably never going to watch it. Um, and especially if they show anything with, like, an actual murder being taken place, I'm not sure I could ever deal with that either. Yeah, they don't actually show show the murder. They show pretty close to it, though. They stop at a certain point, and they do blur out certain things. Um, but they do show enough that you you're imagine it's it's your imagination goes to a really, really dark place with it. Yeah. I think I remember when I was recommending the movie one BR and I remember, wasn't it you that asked me how gory that was? And I told you, um, and I'll spoilers for everybody out there. There is, um, you don't actually see it, but her, her cat gets cooked in an oven. So, um, yeah. So to everybody out there, I mean, I recommended that movie cause I think it's a really good movie, but yeah, I think it was you that I was. Was it? Wasn't it you that I was? Yeah, it was messaging yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sasha, did you watch this one? I did, and um, so to be fair, I didn't watch all of the first episode because the first episode is the one that's heavy on the the kitten thing. 
after that, it becomes, like, his weirdness, like, the supermodel thing versus the not model thing versus the jet setter lifestyle and all of that, and then gets into the murder um, of the other guy. And I, like everybody else, I'm, I, in movies, I can watch people get killed all day long and be fine. In movies, as soon as you kick a puppy, I'm over it. Like, I just, I can't. So I told people when I watched it, like, just skip the first episode. You don't need the first episode to get the gist of the story and what's going on. So if you skip that, then you skip all of the other stuff. But this is the one, Aaron, that I said, like, I I was here for this one because it was, there's that almost vigilante justice component where it was like, go get him. Go get that bastard because nobody else is going to do it, but you guys are. When they got down to the placement of things in a room and were able to narrow down how big the space was that he was in and the angles and where the trash can was, and they got super into it, I was in. I was like, you you go because you are doing more than anybody else. You're doing more than the cops. You're giving the cops information. I do see the problem with it, Meg. I'm not like exonerating. Oh no, like, these guys! No, these guys were insane. Like, right? If I got murdered, I would, I would apparently, yeah. I would need to have a cat with me. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then I would want them to help investigate my mm-hmm. murder. Like these, yeah. these guys were insane. But they even talk about in the series how there are other people who are just muddy, who are just mucking everything up. Right. So they like did this separate thing with like just these small group. I'm just talking like I would be no help with <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, they, I feel like every most other people are on my level. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But I liked, you know, that they were they were so gung ho, and it did. Yes, it did start because of the cat video thing, and that is horrific and terrible. And don't get me wrong, they should be hunting those people too. Like, they should, all animal cruelty should be hunted as well. Um, any cruelty that is out there should be hunted down and taken care of. But, um, so I was in it, like I said, just skip the first episode. If you haven't seen it, skip the first episode. Because that's where all of the really cringy animal stuff happens. And then after that, it gets into more of him and just the like sheer narcissism and the level of psychopathy that he, the delusions of grandeur and just everything were so crazy. Um, so yeah, I did, I did do that series. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. It was a lot. It was, it's intense. Mm -hmm. It is definitely, it is not making a murder where you're just like, Oh my God, shut up, you whiny bitch. I don't care. This one was, go get him. How do we catch him? Where is he now? Like, do you have GPS on his car? Go get him. So. Yeah. Yeah. I had a feeling this was the one that you were talking about earlier. (laughs) Yeah. I had a feeling this would be the one. Yeah. 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 Susie, did you watch this one? So I, like Lulu said, I I did not watch this, and here's where my um, 
So English is very much not my first language, and even and as a child, I learned I learned English, and even to this day, I still like certain stuff just like flies over my head, and I don't like understand it very well unless it's explained to me. And this this has happened to me a lot. But when I saw the title of this. I never even knew this was a true crime series. I just saw the title, like, Don't Fuck With Cats, Search for a Neuron Killer. I I saw it, and, and I was like, oh, no. Is this, oh, is this going to be about a guy, like, hurting, hurting kids? Killing, no. And I never even, like, read the description. I never even looked at the trailers. I, that, I, I just saw the title, and it's like, no, this is going to be about, like, animal abuse, and I'm not. No, I'm not here for that. No. Like, even if my dog just, like, looks at me funny, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. Like, I, I love the little creatures of this world. But I, I, I just, I can't, like, stomach, like, thinking about any harm coming to them. And just, like, with the title of that, I was like, no. But, like, hearing this, that this, this meant, this this guy actually like killed these poor little kittens and then he goes on to kill a human it's just it's, oh my god that that's like all that's like the only word i can say cuz it's just ugh and i I don't know, like, if if I do end up watching it, because, like, listen, any loss of life, human, animal, otherwise, is, is is terrible. It's always, like, completely sad, and especially if it's at the hands of another, of another human. That's just Mm -hmm. freaking worst, and I just, I don't know, I mean, if I do end up watching this in the future, like, like Sasha says, I might just, like, do it like in tidbits and just completely skip the first episode but just like Christ Susie skip the first episode and watch it in 20 minute increments and in between watch a Disney movie yeah oh my goodness yes it'll erase the bad like honestly I don't don't know what it was about, about this one but this was probably one of the most horrifying yeah true crime things I've I've watched and I and I and I've watched a lot <laughs> well I yeah. think it might be because it's like a combination of the double whammy of like animal and human well and like I don't know I just remember like the cheery the cheery music that he would play on, on his oh, YouTube yeah. videos mm-hmm. and it, it just there it, it just hit every, it almost feels like it should be fake because of how awful it is. Mm-hmm. He's like a cartoon version of himself. Yeah, except, yeah. Except, yeah. except freaky and inhuman. But yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I actually think it got darker and harder to watch the further it got along, honestly. Um, yeah, the first episode is really, really focused on the kittens. Um, and if I remember correctly, he also kills a dog. Um, 
And yeah, there's, I mean, he, and he, he kills more than just those kittens. Um, as far as the animal part goes, there's a whole thing with it. With so a snake. He feeds into a there's snake. a thing with snake. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the reason this one is so, so disturbing is because, um, there's no glamorization of this guy at all, at least not in my opinion. They don't glamorize who this horrible person was. This is really like peeking into the mind of somebody like this and how disgusting and disturbing and without a soul he is. And there's a whole scene where um, they confront his mother and his mother is still in denial that her son did this stuff. And that was even a disturbing scene to me. It's just so real and raw and in your face. And in a lot of ways, I, I applaud it for that because I think um, even though I do agree, Meg, that a lot of the outrage seemed to be centered a lot on the cats. Um, and unfortunately, Jun Lin seemed to get, um, you know, kind of discarded a little bit in there. And he was so horrifically murdered um and the fact that that was filmed makes it even more horrific in my mind um the fact that people out there witnessed this and you know were privy to it and um and and not privy but like it it kind of reminds me of like the hostile movie stuff like that where people am i am i wrong what was that murder was live streamed wasn't it I can't. I can't remember. I think I, it was. I feel like I it, was it was live stream because these people who had been searching for him because of the cats, and they like they knew he was gonna kill somebody. They knew it. He said yeah, that he he, he joined it. he joined their group like and would and mm-hmm. would like taunt them. I think if I remember correctly, I I this was not one that I ever felt any desire to 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 rewatch. To be honest, um, yeah, I'll never rewatch it. But he like he was taunting them a lot and I think as if I remember correctly he live streamed it so they would get notifications when he would start streaming because they wanted to get all of the information from the room he was in and 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 their their investigative skills was amazing to to see him in this room with no different angles and they were able to find where he lived was just nothing short of phenomenal but I think that's what it was like they they saw him murder this person live and they have been frantically trying to get the police to arrest him. Yeah. Well, and it's, when I'm looking it up, it just says it was posted online. A video was posted online. So it doesn't say that, but that doesn't, I mean, I don't know. Well, and the the thing about Luca is he was actually, he was captured. um, This to me is just so mind blowing. He was apprehended in Berlin while reading news about himself at an internet cafe. And I remember when they interviewed the guy who worked there and how scared he was, the fact that he was there with the murder and he knew that. And, you know, it's it's just a very, it's just a very, 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 very unsettling story. It kind of reminds me in some ways of, and mentioned this on the last episode um, of Andrew Cunanan. This guy does for some reason. Um, They were both, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just going off of the American crime story uh, movie. So, you know, some of that might have been fictionalized, but they both lived in these worlds where they were constantly lying and constantly 
making up stories of who they were and telling people they were different things. And, and it was basically like they have no real personality, no soul, no heart. Um, they're just devoid of human emotion. And I think he really just, he was getting off of on doing this, of course. And he was getting off on the fact that people were going to be watching it. And that's what's so disturbing about it. Because even though you have all these people hunting him, because of this world, there might have been people that really were getting off on watching this. And that's well, what's so disturbing about it, well, watching and, this man get murdered. But then even in the last episode, like, the message was talking about, like, would he have even necessarily done this if it wasn't for the attention that he was getting? Mm-hmm. And and it kind of, and that's one of the things I do remember, it kind of put a mirror to the, everyone who was watching the docuseries, even everyone who was part of that Facebook group looking for him and watching him obsessively, um, not because of any, like, eroticism, but because these people were trying to find him, but he was still getting all that attention, and he's getting this, all of this attention from from us as an audience watching this docuseries, it really kind of purposely held up a mirror and be like, well, he's right. There's an audience for what he's doing. Um, and that was a really tough thing to kind of realize not even realize, but I thought it was a really interesting way to end that docuseries was to be like, well, did we create this by giving him the attention with the first one? Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason it makes you so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. you, know? you know, that's that's what's and that's why I think it's actually one of the even though I will never watch it again, even though it was so hard to watch, I think it's one of the best ones made because uh, because of that very fact, because it is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It is supposed to make you question why you even want want to watch this stuff. Um, yeah, that was yeah. Um, it gives you major creepy. What? Yeah, Major more than just, creepies. yeah, mm -hmm. makes your whole, yeah, it makes you feel sick. Well, and you feel Literally, like a voyeur. Physically sick, yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt sick just, like, listening to it. Please, <laughs> was, could someone please tell me, was this guy sent to the chair? Please tell me he was sent to the chair. Or... He's in jail. I know he's in oh. prison. Um, I think he was think arrested in Germany. Yeah, he was arrested in Berlin when he was, like I said, when he was he was um, reading about himself in an internet cafe, and he was arrested there. Yeah, so like he, these has these, these sleuths not... told the police like where the body was, like the exact yeah, these dumpster. These people were they, It was insane. Like if you if you like could skip over the horrific nature to watch these the way these people like just went hog wild and investigated this mm -hmm. that was amazing yeah it if was i could really just incredible. if i could just watch that and not like killing animals and people yeah, if yeah it was... and just pull out the snippets of the armchair sleuths and how they did it and condense it into the what like 45 minutes worth of interview time that it would be and use that as training videos like this is how you solve a crime yeah, 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 very true. Well, and I know Sasha. I know you have to um, get going. So um, if you if you have anything else you want to quickly add before you close out, I know you don't want to be found, so we won't do that. But if yeah. there's anything else you want to add, really quickly um, before uh, we go back to one of these. Nope. 
yeah, I'm I'm sorry to bail on you guys and I just I can't anymore. It's almost midnight here. Um I am gonna remain incognito still, like I said, <laughs> one of these days. Today is not that day. Um and uh yeah, I am questioning my uh undying love for true crime after this conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. and it's- <laughs> It's not going to go anywhere. I'm still going to maintain my love for true crime. I'm still going to read about serial killers and mass murders and spree killers and horrific things and watch documentaries on them and listen to the podcasts on them. None of that's going to change. I'm just going to do it with a little more thought of where it is because, you know, yeah. I would like to find a series that is focused more on the victims and that maybe from the victim's family, like their quest for justice and less on the other guys. I think um, the one we're going to talk about next is kind of a mixture of that. And it's another reason for you to get HBO max. So you'll hear. Yeah. And I haven't seen that one, so I have nothing to add. (laughs) So good. Yep. I will be so good. I will be bowing out now. I look forward to hearing about everything later. All right. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to turn to another one that I think um, is kind of in the vein of having other people investigate something, but it's more investigative journalism. Um, But you also have other Internet sleuths that um, joined Michelle McNamara, who um, is probably best known among everybody as being the late um, wife of um, Patton Oswalt. But I want to talk about the HBO Max series, and I don't know if everybody's seen it, but I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which if you don't know what that's about, um, it is about – it's based on the book that Michelle McNamara was writing, um, and she was trying to find out who the Golden State Killer was, and he went by other names. He did um, like over 50 brutal rapes in the late 70s and 80s, um, and then uh, before that he did like a lot of burglaries. Um, and then he also, uh, ended up murdering people. I think it was like 13 people that he killed. Um, and this film, this docuseries is a lot about investigating that, trying to track down who, who that person is. And I really believe truly that if it wasn't for her, they may never have caught this guy. Um, so I think a lot of it is owed to her and her amazing investigative journalism and the people she worked with as well. Um, and it's just a really, really interesting series. So it sounds like you've seen it, Meg. I had actually, it was one of the, when I was on a podcast, it was one of the things that I was excited, uh, watching was I'll be gone in the dark because it was just, it was so different. I think than a lot of docu-series and true crime things, um, that we've seen because it wasn't sitting here like this is the killer and this is how he did it and this is all like it 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 had interviews with victims and it really kind of put them um center safe and there's so many victims um and kind of how they've still like been dealing with it and the heartbreak that michelle mcnamara passed away before realizing that her work she did it like <laughs> Like that, that her work was instrumental in catching this man. Um, it was just, it was so good. It was so well done. And I, I just, I've read articles about how this is kind of a quote unquote turning point or whatever for true crime or how it kind of does true crime the right way. And that it's not sitting here like glorifying this man. 
um, this murderer, it's really talking about, it is talking about the wake of destruction he left in his, in, mm-hmm. uh, behind him, but the, the kind of care that I was taking, it wasn't like torture porn, and I feel like there, there are a lot of things with a lot of true crime docuseries can kind of be seen as a little bit of torture porn. Um, but no, I, I absolutely loved it. And I will, that's when I probably will watch again because I don't feel like I was able to give it the attention it really deserved while I was watching it. I really liked it while I was watching it the first time. Um, but I feel like I need to, to sit down and, and the story about Michelle McNamara and her, her kind of spiral as she, she falls into the rabbit hole and, and her own personal spiral was really heartbreaking um especially knowing the out like knowing the outcome before you started watching it um was heartbreaking and devastating in in i hate to say in the best way but it it gave you a real connection to her as a person i thought Mm -hmm. yeah no i agree and i know melissa you have to hop off too so have you watched this one do you have any thoughts you want to add to this one or anyone anything else you want to add uh i have not watched this one but um if any if no one else has anything to say about this maybe you want to finish this out i have something else i have another one i want to talk about well since since you're closing out you can go ahead and talk about that one because i've got some stuff i want to add on this one but okay um yeah um I don't know if I'm like opening a wormhole or, or whatever but <laughs> this could go um for a very long time but uh abducted in plain sight oh yeah okay i didn't finish it i couldn't finish it it's so fucked up it's so messed up oh my god no it's fine i have people swear all the time on here are you kidding me half of our episodes are explicit so oh Oh, my god i thought that was amazing just your reaction it's literally on my list Okay. <laughs> that is like I that is the most I don't even know. Like I'm still messed up about it. Those parents I have no like I don't even Can know we call them parents. Like no. honestly. I don't know. I don't they Those, I, I don't know. But like honestly, I don't that whole thing that was wild. Like I don't need, like, they basically just, like, gave their kid to a child molester, and, like... like is it kidnapping when your parents give you to your abuser? Like, it's, it was so fucked up. And then he slept with both of them, both the parents. Like, I can't... Oh, my God. I, I literally... spoilers, but... I just thought... There's, like, I, at some point, was, like is this satire? Like, this has to be satire, right? Because there's no way this could be real. I just... That that whole thing, I can't... I Like, you ha- like I think everybody just has to watch it because you just can't... You have to understand how messed up and how fucked up this whole thing is. Like, you can't, ex- you can't describe it. There's no way to describe how so fucked it is like there's just no there's no words (laughs) yeah it's 
Yeah. Right. That's why I couldn't finish it. I just, I couldn't finish it. It was too hard. That one was a different kind of hard to watch. I I couldn't finish that one. It yeah. felt it made fake. Me mad. Like I couldn't. Yeah. It, it was too, was too anger inducing. She, and she, the way like she talks about it too. Like I just like you, I don't know. Like there's something like, I get it. Like it's probably traumatizing, but like she just seems too level headed for like she's the amount. Still, I think she's still brainwashed, honestly. Uh, yeah, for sure. The, she for the whole sure family. Is. What family would agree to this documentary? <laughs> that was your That's story. True. Why That's would true. you be like, yeah, That's sure, a good let's point. make sure everyone knows it? Because right, yikes exactly. on yeah. yikes, man. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> that whole like that whole thing like I still like it's sometimes like I even forgot about it until we started talking about this this episode and of like that we were gonna be like recording it and I was like oh my god Th- that but like then you think about it and then you you're messed up all over again about it because it's just like it just like weighs on you like how how does this happen and I think that's a lot of what like not the fascination but like the thing with like serial killers or documentaries or true crime it's like you want to like for me it's like you want to understand why it happens like how how does this happen why does it happen like how do these people get here get from like point a to point b like they're born and then like 20 years later they like start killing people like how how do you get from point A to point B? And I think, oh, I, I mean, you, I mean, there's a lot of arguments of how, but I mean, I just think I like getting into the story, like the backstory, um, which is why, like, when I mentioned Bailey Sarian in the last episode, um, she kind of tries to go into like the backstory and like how, like what, how they grew up, like, so, so you, you can kind of get an understanding of, where their head might be at, but it's just like, yeah, that that Im- abducted in plain sight was or is just like, yeah, I don't know, like that whole thing, like, just like there's no understanding that one. I think I think that one's just like, you can't understand it, and I think that's that's the one where it's like, kind of the exception to the rule. But normally I watch documentaries because I want to know why it happens like I want to try to understand it I don't think you can ever understand it unless you're like you become a serial killer but like (laughs) (laughs) well let's not advocate for that don't murder people and subscribe to HBO Max I feel like that's gonna be the tag for errands. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill people. Get HBO Max and Shutter. <laughs> watch, yeah. watch stories about other people killing people. <laughs> this may be the clip in our new. We're we're gonna start doing some promotional stuff. People will see soon. So this could be the clip that Steve's got. Yeah, get you a slogan. Yeah, but Melissa, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you, since you know you have to hop off. Um, they can find me at Rob's Old Pal on Instagram and Twitter, and I also have a photo Twitter. It's Old Pal Photo. 
Awesome. Thanks so much. And you'll hear Melissa on a lot of our upcoming um, horror episodes as well. So look for that. <laughs> okay. And then um, thank you so much, Melissa, again. Thank, thank you. you for being on. And then um, Susie, did you watch I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Um, so did you, you didn't watch it? No, I have, I have not, uh, alas, I did not have it. <laughs> well, well remember, you have to get it. Borrow, borrow the login from a friend. <laughs> and yeah. I was thinking about getting it too. It's, it's, who it's, on honestly, there. it's so good. <laughs> but, yeah. This is, yeah, well then I'll just give my brief thoughts and then, um, since I know a few of these you hadn't seen, Susie, so we'll we'll see if there's any other ones that you quickly want to give a mention to. Um, but I'll just say, you know, just kind of echoing a lot of what Meg said about this one. I just it is very different than other docu series that you see. I liked that the victims were centered so much in this. Um, they interviewed a lot of the victims. Um, watching, and I wish I could remember their names. Maybe you do, Meg, but the the husband and wife, because a lot of the couples um, divorced afterwards because um, yeah, because at first yeah. he only break in when women were by themselves, and then That's the news true. reported yeah. that he'd only break in when women were by themselves, and then he decided because the decided. news reported it, um, he would break in with with couples, and I will see if I can find the name of that couple because they were very inspiring honestly they were yeah and you could see that the pain still lingered because a lot of these people didn't stay together you know there were a lot of cases where they did get divorced if they were married or they they broke up which which you can under i mean so much see, trauma i mean that's that's a lot of trauma to endure um you know and watching him still feel that guilt of of not being able to help her. And it's, it's just really sad to see that. And that's, what's so great about this series though, is, I mean, I'm not saying it's great to watch people in pain. I'm just saying it's great that you, um, that it focuses more on the victims and it makes it more real um, in a way. It makes it more where we're focused, where the focus is turned in on the, uh, turned in on the victims and not so much the horrible evil guy who did this. Um, it's really about, the the trauma that he left behind the victims he left behind the the families of the people he murdered um you know and it's just and even his own family after they find out who it is even when they're interviewing his own family and all these bizarre things like the time when he stopped for a bit and then he picked up again and that whole time where he'd stopped was because his um niece was living with him and you know, and she was like, he was the best person. And it's just this, it's just so heartbreaking because, you know, I can't imagine being that niece and knowing that and knowing that after she left, then he went and killed somebody. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's just very, it's, it's, it's very sad. Um, it's very sad that Michelle never got to see what happened. You know, she never got to see him get caught um, because she gave so much of herself to this. Um, you know, she, in a way, almost gave her life really to this. Um, and that's, what's so heartbreaking about it too. And I just want to say Patton Oswalt, oh my gosh, to have a husband like him, what an amazing human being mm -hmm. he is too. I just want to say that he's such an incredible, incredible person. And he's done a lot of interviews about this too. He did a fresh air. That's really good. Um, 
And his yeah. his dedication and commitment to see her work through yeah was, was beautiful. It was. It was such a testament to his love for her. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really was. Um, but yeah, definitely watch that. It's you know, it's a it's a great, great one. And yeah, I'd probably revisit it too. Um, and then Susie, I just want to, just because I know there was really only one on here that you kind of watched. Um, are there any docu-series that you want to, is there one that you really would like to talk about? Um, I have watched, uh, Cold Case Files, but see, the issue with me (laughs) is growing up in a mainly, like, Latinx house, is that most of the true crime shows that I've watched are all in Spanish <laughs> and most of them um, dealt with cases in Mexico because mm-hmm. most of them were on like uh, channels that were in Spanish. But the thing, the thing that like gets me is that I cannot remember the names of any of them. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's too and bad. That's, that's like, oh, that's a point of frustration for me because I remember like, those those shows were kind of like some of the building blocks that helped shape me into the odd person that I am today. <laughs> but I can't remember if, them for the life of me, and it's just like very frustrating. But I do remember like sitting with my parents and like watching the shows, also watching them with like my great grandma and my relatives and stuff. Like we would all get together with like gatherings and just consume this content. There would be like a common point of interest. Yeah. Well, I wish. Yeah, I was. I was like, I wonder if there's a way I can look them up and try and jog your memory about some of them. But, but if you do think of them, definitely um, let us know, and we should, um, and we can post them even on the Facebook page. But, yeah, that's that's interesting. So it'd be like a family, family time watching them. Yeah. Yeah. How some bonding. Yeah. Bonding time over over with your husband. Get a glass of wine, watch the murder. I mean, I, like I say that jokingly, but that's kind of what I do. <laughs> well, um, I know you probably have a list there, Meg, but um, for time reasons, maybe just one on there, one quick one that you want to mention. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So well. Mel saved me, thankfully, and talked about In Plain Sight, because that, honestly, that is one of the most fucked up stories I have ever seen in my life. Um, I watch a lot of true crime. I, I didn't feel like I watched, like, a crazy amount, and then I came on here, and I'm like, I watched all these docuseries. <laughs> like, I watch, I have this whole giant list. Um, Just, I, I won't even go into, I will say the names of two. And I'll talk about one. So uh, the staircase oh, yeah. is a really interesting one on Netflix. The the keepers on Netflix, I think it is about the nuns. That is also a really really interesting and heartbreaking one. Um, and anything honestly, and I I wrote this down because I was talking to Carla about it. But I think I've seen so many documentaries. I think it's really fashionable right now for like white dudes who are middle-aged to think their dad was the zodiac killer 
like any white man living in San Francisco in the 60s and 70s was apparently the Zodiac Killer. I'm going to write a book about how my grandfather was probably possibly the Zodiac Killer because he went to California at some point in the 60s and he wasn't a very nice guy. So I feel like that's all anyone needs to have a documentary about their dads or grandparents. Um, but kind of going off of that, one of the most ridiculous docuseries I think I've ever watched is called It Was Him, The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. And I talked about the podcast, The Clearing, was um, about Ed Edwards' daughter and kind of her discovering that her dad was a serial killer. This dude, this, this man... In the docuseries, it was him. He is a retired um, FBI cold case task force worker or whatever. Um, he has decided that Ed Edwards uh, is responsible for Black Dahlia, the Zodiac Killer, Jean Benet, Lacey Peterson, um, and basically any other murder that created a headline oh no Teresa Halbeck he attributed Ed Edwards to <laughs> Teresa Halbeck wow. to Ed Edwards also it is like it's not like don't watch this thinking I'm going to see this and I'm going to hear all about it. It, there's no groundbreaking thing watch <laughs> it if you want to see like the biggest clusterfuck of investigation <laughs> that you have ever seen like I watched it and every, like, it was like, he's like, okay, these are the most popular murders. Oh, I think Nicole, Nicole Brown was one. Like, apparently, <laughs> apparently Ed Edwards just traveled around and murdered people and got them into newspaper headlines. It, it's, it's insane. It's not a good documentary because it's so clearly screwy. Um. But it is a good documentary to watch if you just want to be entertained in, like, not to say in a guilt-free kind of way, um, but it's so ridiculous that you'll just be like, okay, I'm smarter <laughs> than this, at least. Like, it's it's the most baffling four part it's only four parts so you can get through it quick and he's so serious about it which makes it even better like i i don't know why that was the one i had to talk about but it was so messed up like think <laughs> of a headline murder and i'm surprised he didn't uh attribute the casey anthony thing <laughs> to ed edwards even though ed edwards was dead like wow. it's that's it's insane. Bizarre. Anyway. Bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just mention one, and it's one that I um, I actually didn't finish, um, maybe because it was too painful, but I should finish it. And it's another Netflix one. It's The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Um, oh, yeah. And it's an absolutely heartbreaking story um, about the murder and abuse of Gabriel Fernandez. And it's really a story about how the system let this boy down um, over and over and over again. I mean, he was just abused. The, the abuse he endured his whole life 
pretty much, except for the one little bit of time when he wasn't with his uh, mom is um, and his mom's boyfriend. Um, It just it's just it's so heartbreaking. Um, But I just want to briefly mention that one because um, that's another one that highlights a lot of flaws in our justice system Um, and in our system where we're trying to look out for kids. And it also highlights you know, racism as well. Um, and that one for sure. Um, so yeah, that's another one I want to give a shout out to. And there are a ton of like, they're just documentaries. Like I said, going clear, um, about Scientology. I think that's a really good one. Um, you know, as I said, I'm obsessed with cults and I would say Scientology is one of the ones that I am the most obsessed with. Um, because it makes me so angry all the time. I get very angry about Scientology. Um, and I can't quite explain why that one just angers me more than a lot of other ones. Um, but that's that's a really good documentary I've watched more than once. That's also on HBO. <laughs> I'm really, I really do not work for HBO. I'm not. <laughs> it just sounds like I do just with all. That's a really good one. Um yeah, I mean, there are a ton of others that, that are like that. There's currently, I mentioned it um, a couple episodes ago, there is currently on HBO Max, <laughs> there is a docuseries on there that is all about the Nexium cult. Um, it's still going on, so it hasn't ended. That's a really, really fascinating one. What's fascinating to me about that one is I know so many people that do a lot of, um, that have done or not so many people, but I've known a few that do those multi-level marketing things. And to me, a lot of the stuff that's talked about in here, I'm not talking about the the sex part about it, but a lot of the stuff talked about in there is a lot of the stuff you'll see in the multi-level marketing things, which is why those things piss me off. Um, you know, I, that's probably I, why Scientology pisses me off too. But. Talking about racism and stuff, I realized something I really did want to mention, um, because there are so few documentaries about um, people of color who are victims of serial killers and crimes. True. Mm-hmm. Um, and one I did see, and it was on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but it was, it stood out to me, and I, and it slipped my mind until just now. But it stood out to me because I've really not seen any documentaries about victim victims of color. Um, of, of serial killers or really any murders um but it's called atlanta's missing and murdered the lost children Mm -hmm. and it's basically between 1979 and 81 at least 30 african-american children and young adults were murdered in atlanta and no one seemed to care for the longest time um and there's controversy about whether or not uh, Wayne Williams, who was eventually arrested and convicted of these murders, there's controversy about whether or not he actually um, committed all or any of these of these crimes. Um, but that was one that was really touching and heartbreaking and very rare because, like I said, there just aren't any documentaries about people of color being murdered. And I think that is a travesty. And I think it really kind of speaks to the cliche, basically, of I am the cliche of the white suburban uh, woman who watches true crime. Um, so there's there doesn't seem to be, quote unquote, much of an audience for for poor 
children of color or people of color being murdered. But if you haven't seen it and you have HBO, check it out. It's it's very well done. And it just came out, I think, this year or maybe last year. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's really recent. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, we talked about that in our Me Too episode about how that also happens with um, women in the with uh, people of color in the Me Too movement and how they are, you know, overshadowed by white women and how Me Too was founded by a black woman, but it didn't get the attention it deserved until uh, mm-hmm. white women started talking about it. It's yeah. The, yeah, it's that's it's that same thing. It's I mean, you can look at serial killers um, like Jeffrey Dahmer and. Uh, a lot of his victims. I mean, one of his victims was hey, taken that's back another to his house. Backyard. Who was a young, yeah, who was a young black man who was taken back to his residence and then was killed. And the police took him back there. It's the same kind of thing. That also, you know, of course, there's the homophobia in there too. But there's Not a lot of racism mention... in that story. What? Sorry, sorry. sorry. Not to mention the fact that this young man was covered in blood, yeah. screaming yes. for help. And yet, uh, Jeffrey came out and, like, managed to re-talk his way into being like, oh, it's just something that happens in a relationship. It's fine. That, Don't that worry was about like, it. And then well, that same cop would later be promoted. Yeah. yeah. What What was that little... He was 14. Oh, he was, yeah. he was a little... Yeah. He was a little boy. He was, I think... I don't know if he was Polynesian. He was, heated. he was of Asian descent, I remember. And he literally had a hole in his yes. head yes. that he mm-hmm. that Dahmer had poured acid into. Um, that was I think this was Dahmer's last victim on one of his last victims. Um, was that? Oh God, it was. That's another backyard. Um, yeah, <laughs> murder. That's true. Yeah. For me, but that one I felt it was far enough removed. Like that happened. I was a kid when that happened. Um, so I remember kind of hearing about it, but not like hearing the horror like i would make Dahmer jokes when i was little mm-hmm. um because i was far enough removed and privileged enough to not have to cope with the reality of what he was doing yeah yeah but i mean that does go to that whole thing of like you know it isn't it's it's the same thing also when you see any white woman disappear or a white mm-hmm. kid disappear and the media attention that that gets and i'm not saying it shouldn't get attention but the media attention that gets as opposed to any person of color disappearing is i mean really it's it's it it's like it's almost you were um talking earlier about it being like torture porn kind of it's kind of like this thing of where we have this thing of watching the you know i was talking about the shanann white watts and chris watts and stuff and that kind of leads into that too i'm not saying at all i'm not at all like disparaging their memory but it leads into that you know white girl white woman missing and her beautiful white children missing and the beautiful two white girls you know and it it goes into that whole thing it's it is it is a big yeah yeah well, it's part, of, of, part of the problem. Well, and for me, like, one of the things that kind of really played into that was years ago, um, oh, what was her first name? Sealer. The girl, she, so in Madison, Wisconsin, she faked her own kidnapping. And oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Audrey Sealer, I want to say. Let me, let me uh, yeah, Audrey Sealer uh, faked her own kidnapping and was like, 
front page center news for how long with her fake kidnapping and how many women who are actually kidnapped, how many people who went missing weren't looked for because all of our resources were looking for this girl who decided to fake her kidnapping because she was a pretty white girl um, in Wisconsin, which honestly we're not really known for our progressive and inclusivity. Um, but it's, it's stuff like that, that gets really frustrating. And I know that I, when we were talking about the guilty pleasure episodes, I mentioned that true crime, true crime is what I consider a guilty pleasure because I, I, I don't get a lot of pleasure really, but I have a lot of guilt kind of when I watch it. Like I enjoy watching it cause I enjoy kind of learning about the psychopathy and seeing kind of the darker side of humanity but it's it feels voyeuristic and it feels kind of glor with so many of the docuseries that we have that we watch and that we are given um it does feel like a lot of glorification of the killers and not so much about the people who were killed mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah, and that, and so that leads me to. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, and I know Susie, you had mentioned a little bit about you know, on the internet, um, a lot of young people being obsessed with serial killers, and also with um, a lot of high school shooters and school shooters and stuff. You will see that whenever a new school sh- shooter comes along, um, you'll always see all of a sudden there'll be like people will have like their profile picture of that school shooter. Um, it's sort of this, this thing. And so I want to talk a little bit about our own fascination with this and why we are and, and the, and feeling like maybe we're glorifying the perpetrators. Um, and I was going to talk about that more if we were going to do like the more fictionalized versions, because I think you really run into that a lot with that as well. Um, with movies, you know, about serial killers, um, even Gus Van Sant did a movie that was basically about Columbine that I can't remember the name of it, but I hated the movie because to me it seemed to really focus more on um, glorifying these killers and making them out to be victims when they weren't um, because there's so much mythology around Columbine that's incorrect anyway. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, Susie, Do you feel guilt about, I know you've watched some of these with like your family and stuff, but do you feel guilty sometimes when you watch true crime stories? Um, I feel, okay. I feel like it's, um, a mix. Um, I do feel guilty that in a way I am finding a form of, um, like amusement, I guess I could say from this, like, uh, like, this is content that I consume uh, somewhat regularly and I, there is like a point of interest in it for me. Um, but I also like to look at like the psychological aspect of many of these crime cases. Like oftentimes it will lead me to going like, okay, what influenced uh, this person's choices? Like why were they brought to this? What is the aftermath of this? How are like survivors of their crimes dealing with this? And as someone who is who has a, an interest in the field of mental health, I feel like that's like in a way like 
seeing all these different like cases and 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 like uh watching them and listening to them it i feel like it helps us as humans gain more empathy and understanding for for other people so if so a main interest of mine is going into the profession of being a therapist and i feel like part of the reason why i consume this content is because i feel like maybe it'll help me in a way maybe understand um understand maybe like why they did this what brought them to this and then if in the future i ever come across anyone who could be exhibiting like similar behavior then then maybe i can i don't know um help them in some way to not like act on their thoughts and on their intentions and possibly help them change if that is such a thing could even be possible hmm. and i also feel like a lot of also my my really big problem with a lot of like true crime shows and podcasts and such is that oftentimes little attention is given to the victims and often there's not enough like emphasis on like this was a human being this was someone with thoughts and feelings and they had family and people that loved them and oftentimes these cases are so sensationalized like Jeffrey Dahmer like all of us remember Jeffrey Dahmer all of us remember Jack the Ripper Zodiac Killer BTK but not many of us can name their victims mm-hmm. not many of us can name the yeah. people that lost their lives to these monsters and i feel like that's in a way that's such a disservice to their memory because they matter just as much more they matter even more yeah well and and it feels like uh, part of it does feel like the commodification of tragedy it victimizes these people all over again um which is something that I do struggle with with watching true crime because I I am not one of the women who are like fawning over serial killers or anything like that. I watch because I find the the psychology fascinating. Um, but something I always kind of struggled with was I remember when I was a kid, even um, cops would come on TV. And my dad would never let us, I I never even really wanted to watch cops, but my dad wouldn't let me watch it because he's like, I don't want to be entertained by other people's misery and misfortune. And that's kind of how my dad views all of this. My mom consumes true crime like it's her job. She's retired now. That's all she does is watch (laughs) Judge Judy and ID. Um, (laughs) Um, but I, that's something that always kind of sits in the back of my brain when I watch these docu-series is, am I being entertained by somebody else's tragedy? And that's kind of hard to reconcile with. Mm-hmm. I still do it. Like, it's one of those things that I still, I still do it. I still watch them because something in me finds it very morbidly fascinating. But it's, it's a real conflict I think for a lot of people Mm -hmm. myself included 
Yeah, and and my mom is the same as your dad. Like she won't, she's not even going to listen to this episode, and she's like listens to every episode except for she won't listen to Dexter either. But yeah, she's the same way. She's like, why would you want to watch this and give any energy to this? Um, because that's just why we have more of this around. She feels the same way about horror films, and and we'll talk about a little bit about that when we do get into our horror discussion and and when we talk about why we like horror films. Um, but yeah, there I is won't be this, there. No, you won't be there. But <laughs> you will be there for vampires. But yeah, you won't be there. Um, <laughs> we will talk a lot about the sexuality involved with vampires because you have to. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it is this, this weird thing because I, I have always been fascinated with this, you know, ever since I was a kid, I think even, which is so weird to say, but when I was young, I was fascinated by learning about this stuff. And, you know, that's why my mom was always like, why are you so interested in this stuff? Is there, is there something wrong? Is there something, you know, it's just, you know, it, it can be hard for other people to understand if you aren't, but there's also is that guilt to it of, you know, um, when does it cross that line of, you know, it shouldn't be entertainment and why are we entertained by this? And, um, it goes to when we were going to do, which we will someday, we'll do a show about fictionalized, um, depictions about why are there entire channels of television dedicated specifically specifically to this? Yeah. And I mean, there used to be even like I was like 20 years ago, even more than that. There was um, one show on A&E, and I wish I could remember the name of it. It's escaping me right now, but he would highlight a different killer every week. And, oh, I was obsessed with that show. And, like, Dateline. I used to watch Dateline religiously and um, 2020 and stuff because um- – Unsolved Mysteries? Back. Yes, Unsolved Mysteries, which came back, of course. And America's Most uh, Wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that I, I don't know why America's Most Wanted kind of comforted me because Joe Walsh and his yeah. situation with his son and felt a little bit more like, it felt a little more of the mission of finding closure for these, for these victims mm-hmm. more so than like, look how hot H.H. H. Holmes is with this murder hotel. Which I can't believe I never got a chance to talk about it. We, I see. I feel like I should just. I need like four episodes to talk about all my nerdy stuff with true crime. Yeah, um, we'll have to revisit this again for sure because and do like a whole month or something. Yeah. And, I, and I started. I really started when I was doing my true crime. I really started with the historical things like Jack the Ripper, H.H. Holmes. Um. Oh, it was, um, I'll talk about the vampire, the vampire episode, but Balthory or I can't think of her. Yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and things like that and, and Vlad the Impaler and things because they just were, they were so far removed that it felt okay. Yeah. As opposed to something that happened 10 years ago. Well, and there's, there's, there are people, there was that murder, um, with the guy who was like a head of like, he believed he was a vampire and they killed this, his girlfriend's family. It's really disturbing story. I can't remember. Yeah. So there, I mean, it is this interesting phenomenon where I think there are actually people who they already are messed up 
they already are probably going to do something, but I do think there are times when it is kind of pushes them over. Was uh, that German was... guy who paid someone to eat him? Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. 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 See, we're, I see. This is yeah. why I knew that this episode, this part was going to go on for a real long time because I don't listen yeah. to docu podcasts very much, but I am all over documents. Yeah. Also, guy. really weird fact there's actually like two, um, like cannibalism restaurants. What? 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 In New York. <laughs> But like, I don't remember if they're both in New York, what, but one is definitely in New York. Explain and yourself. They say that they get their meat from, they get their meat, like, their meat is ethically sourced, they say. Wait, no, wait. What? People meat in New York City? No, it can't be real. They would never yeah, let you yeah, do Yeah, it is. That has to be, like, some underground dark web thing, because... I don't know. Listen, I was in, I, I'm part of many like horror and bizarre oh, groups man. on Facebook, and that was one of the ones that popped up. And everyone Is, in the comments. Do they have like, the daily special of Long Pig? Thing. No, they actually have like a full, like, Hannibal style menu. No. Wait, wait, Hannibal or Cannibal? No, like, <laughs> a, like a Hannibal esque described menu, like, we're going to have. Oh, okay. Okay, so We're it's gonna a have Hannibal. It's, it's Hannibal themed, but not actually eating people. No, no, it is like eating people, but I mean like no, the- no, no, that can't <laughs> be oh legal. No, hold on, I'm gonna pop out for a second, look this up, and I'm- oh my god, <laughs> this can't be real. Okay, no, well, no, she she decided she's gonna pop out and look it up. So I guess we can talk about AJ Holmes for a second because. <laughs> My mind is fucking blown. <laughs> this can't... Yeah. No. Like, no, we can't... You can't get long pig in America. No. I mean, not legally. Like, Although no. I do I do love human meat being described as long pig. That <laughs> that might be one of my favorite things I think I've ever heard. To get a little more lighthearted. I know we got real deep and dark and sad at the end of this, but to get back okay, to... It is called the Cannibal Club. No! when you ate me because I'm already wine. There, 
I'm glad to know that there's not a cannibal restaurant in New York City because I feel like I feel like that would be more widely known and also like shut down because yeah. yikes. And they'd be in it would there would already be a docu-series on Netflix about feed, this. Place. You can't just feed people to people. Kitchen nightmares. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Shut that shit down. Gordon Ramsay, John Tapper, <laughs> both of them would be there and be like, shut it down. Do you how how do you make that sanitary? What kind of cross-contamination per worries do we have? This isn't feeding chicken to chickens. <laughs> we could spend a whole podcast just talking about cannibalism. I, I I mean I would be down not for cannibalism but we're talking <laughs> you know what Aaron if we were on a plane and we crash in the Andes and I die you can eat me that's oh, thanks I, do, yeah, I do guess you can eat me if you do crash <laughs> well, something that you do want to do don't ask me how I know this um, if you do crash and you have to eat someone eat the butt that's where the most yes. meat is, most fatty, and it's also the most separated <laughs> from the face, so you don't have to look at the person. When <laughs> yes, Aaron, you if, we get to, if we get into a plane crash, if we get into a plane that. crash, flip Flat me first. Over, cut off my ass. There's plenty. You will eat for days. If we get in a crash, you gotta <laughs> eat my butt. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be amazing. Okay, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up. Time, time, time <laughs> now that, for Meg now to that, drink more wine. Now that Meg has given her permission if we get into a plane crash. We need yeah, got to get some more seasoning on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to marinate the meat. Aaron, if it's from for life and death, go ahead, eat my ass. <laughs> a lot of ass to go around. <laughs> on that note, we are going to wrap up. <laughs> And go around, um, well, not around, because there are only two other people. Well, it is still around. Um, <laughs> Meg. Is it a triangle? Yeah, it's a triangle. <laughs> Meg, where where can people find you? I guess you can find me in the Andes waiting for Aaron. <laughs> um, but other than that. There was some rump roast. <laughs> yes, yes, that rump roast. You know, if you have bacon, wrap it around my booty, it'll be delicious. It keeps it, it, keeps it moist and tender. So, yeah, I'm Meg. You can find me on all of the things at Wisconsinac, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H, which, again, blame Carla for. And if you want to really blame Carla, you can do so more directly because she and I are starting a podcast called Bed, Wed, and Behead where we talk about characters from TV shows, books, and movies, and who we would bang, marry, and who we would kill. Carla doesn't swear, so we couldn't call it what I wanted to call it. <laughs> so it's bed, wet, and behead. <laughs> you, you could add a special segment in there to whose ass would we eat. <laughs> yes. Who's going to eat Meg's ass this week? This week, it's Aaron. <laughs> but only if we crash. Aaron, if we crash and we're stuck together for too long, I'll eat your ass, too. It's okay. okay. Awesome. This is really awesome. Crash, <laughs> <just> <laughs> <crash>. <laughs> Just 
Susie's the witness. <laughs> I heard nothing. We need, we need a notary public. <laughs> All this right, is a it's just a minute of the meeting. <laughs> Everyone will eat everyone's ass and plane crash. Is this going to be an ass eating chain? <laughs> It's, it's like, the human you centipede. You must, you must, Human centipede for survival. You get a butt. You get a butt. <laughs> okay, well. I don't know how well that would work with just three, though. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to have four people. You need four. You need a cube. You can't do, a, you can't do an asking triangle. It has to be a square. Okay. <laughs> Susie, Susie, where can people find you? In my ass. <laughs> um, you can find my dog's butt at, you can find his, his cute butt at Benny Pelusita. So that's B-E-N-N-I-E underscore P-E-L-U-S-I-T-A at Instagram. Please go give him a follow. I swear his butt is really cute. It's adorable. You won't regret it. I'm like Aaron, who is regretting this entire podcast. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, why did I let Susie mention the cannibals? <laughs> yeah. yeah this is your fault, Susie. You started this. Susie <laughs> mentioned the best part of a, to eat if you're a cannibal. And, and we just went downhill from there. And you can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, any true crime shows you want to give a shout out to, feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on all of your favorite podcast platforms including spotify all of that helps us get found and thank you to all of our new listeners and, next- and if you want to go on a road trip with erin she'll eat your ass if you- <laughs> oh my god Meg. <laughs> she's never gonna let me back on again after this <laughs> no susie you can come back on it's meg <laughs> meg meg I can't wait for vampires so we can talk about ass eating then, too. There's no veins in my butt crack, Vlad. But it's just going to be sweaty because all that leather. Erin, I tried so hard to wait till you were done. I'm sorry. So it's funny. And on next week's episode, we are going to start our month-long celebration of horror films and the horror genre in general. We have eight episodes coming up, and I am super excited because, as anyone who's listened to this can tell, this is probably one of my top two favorite genres in the whole entire world. And we're going to start out with why we love horror. So we're going to do a special just talking about that one. Um, Sasha and Susie will be, and Melissa will be back for that one. And then we also have Rebecca who hasn't been on in a long time is returning for that one. And then we're going to be talking about zombie films and pandemic films, which kind of fits with what we're going through right now. Um, and Susie will be on that one as well, as well as Tiffany, Sarah Alder, and Rebecca. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. 
we crash and if we crash and I die, I mean, if I'm not dead, don't eat my ass. But if I die, <laughs> yeah, just don't go prematurely don't chomping. Die. Wait a minute, no, hang on. If it's just the two of us and we're crashed for long enough and I'm still alive, go ahead and eat my ass. <laughs> 